Welcome everybody to episode 18 of the Chamberlain and Chance podcast. I am Chance. I write the chance.blogspot.com. With me, as always, is Chamberlain, who writes it for Backlog. Chamberlain, how are you doing this week? I am here. It was a wonderful day out today. I am pretending it's spring. I spent some time outside, which is a rarity, but yeah. good for me. <laughs> it rained all fucking day today. And uh, <laughs> because because it has been two weeks since we got Alex, Alex is back. Mr. Yay! Alex McCracken from DailyCrackpot.com. .blogspot.com. How are you doing, son? I'm doing so good. It's been a good oh, week. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's been a stressful week in Casa Chance, but that's life. <laughs> okay, uh, so this week we got quite a bit of news, and I suspect we have quite a bit of talking to do about the games we've been playing, because there's this little tiny action RPG that came out. What? That, uh, yeah, it's small, you know, not many people have heard of it, but Ooh. I think you and I have gotten into it, so it might be worth, you know, a brief chat. We talk about uh, stories, right? Little tiny oh, that's action right. yeah, RPG yeah, nobody's yeah. heard about? Yeah. Well, oh. we're all... <laughs> that thing I've spent every waking moment playing. Okay, I remember. I remember now. <laughs> But uh, before we do that, we do that. We got some corrections. Uh, yeah. The ugly pixel art game that Chance couldn't name last week, uh, but it has something to do with gun. It was gun slugs. Gun slugs. Really simple. Did not enjoy it that much. Uh, I also suggested that Noose was, or Zeus <laughs> Zeus was a Norse god. He's not a Norse god. Kratos already killed him in Greece. Uh, I was thinking Twice. of like Odin and Thor. Uh, also, the awesome voice actress and actress that we couldn't name her. She, that is Linda Hunt. And since we got you here, Alex, did that piss you off that we couldn't figure out her name? No. I Really? Unless you're a huge fan of like all the NCIS spinoffs, that's an that's a, that's a easy one to miss. Linda Hunt. NCIS? Yeah, she's on the... Uh, the uh, uh, the second one, which I've is I've never in... watched a single episode of any of those shows. Please don't. My parents are I'm obsessed with that and Big Bang Theory, and I can't oh, be in the I same room. Oh, I hate Big Bang Theory with a passion. It's nerd it. step and fetch it. I can't even. Oh, <laughs> my people are the bud of those jokes. It really bothers me. I, why isn't Why isn't Alzheimer's community up in arms about it? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, she's like she's like a she leads the. Uh, not the Miami, the uh, uh, Los Angeles NCIS. Oh, that's cool. She's so tiny. Yeah, but she's got the presence, man. Oh, yeah, I know. She she would be like one of the meanest bosses were she a Dark Souls boss. All right, let, let me tell you about tiny women. My wife is four foot seven. Wow. You would never, ever guess that by the way she can, you know, hold the attention of her room. So well, she'd good things to. come in small packages. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Also, I said the last anime that I bought was Sword of the Stranger, and I got a lot of emails telling me that was wrong. Uh, so thank you, <laughs> listeners, for pointing that out to me. Uh, but they're right. The last the last anime I bought was Space Dandy. Uh, Space Dandy is kind of like Futurama if it were anime. So there's more boobs, but it's also like kind of just crazier in terms of giant science fiction ideas. It's amazing. I suggest you check check it out. And that's corrections. So, uh, well, actually, I've played so much. I've played so much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick us off. I finished Salt and Sanctuary. Like yeah. finished, finished. Well, I beat the finished. game. Beat the game. Beat the game. Okay. Yeah, I rolled right over into New Game Plus. Just to, you know, th- you know, throw th- some things around with my giant sword, and I would put it at about twenty hours. Okay. It's it's really solid. Um, it's really good. I'm super hyped for the Vita version now because I'd love to because. I always feel kind of shitty that I don't go through a Dark Souls game and try out this build, try out that build, but with a smaller kind of condensed version of it like this, it is really more inviting to do that. So I'd love to do that. Um, just quick review, 
this is a nine out of ten, and that nice. it's it's a nine instead of an eight just because I love it so. If I were to be very uh, very objective, I'd go eight. But because of the love factor, it's definitely a nine. <laughs> so, uh, did you get into anything that wasn't stories this week, Chamberlain? Uh, I did finish. Well, I, okay, I finished the main story of Knights of Azure, and it was kind of a letdown because they assume you're going to play through the post game content and update and unlock a better ending. Gust so I tried. Does that. I tried. I really did, and it was boring and boring and boring. And then there's this boss that assumes you've maxed out your levels and mm-hmm. it stopped being fun and I stopped playing it at that point in time. I just I was not prepared for status effects that kill all my characters and then wouldn't let me raise them again. It was really rough. <laughs> now, when you beat it, did you get like the quote true ending? I don't know. I never went up and looked to see what the true ending was. Usually when I get an ending in a game with multiple endings, I'll go hit up YouTube. Mm-hmm. But I got this ending and they spent the game spent so long doing a pretty good job building up the relationship between the two main characters, between uh, Lilies and Arnie's. Mm-hmm. It's a believable relationship. They actually almost quote-unquote break up for a couple of days at one point because they're fighting and they don't know how to communicate mm-hmm. anymore. And they get back together and everybody's happy with it. And it gets to the end, and much like you suggested, Arnie's does kill, quote-unquote, the big bad guy good. instead of sacrificing Lilies to her at this point in time. A lot of women in this game, powerful women, a lot of them. You know who the grandmaster is of the secret, secret ending? ending? No. Atlas. Oh. They just... I thought I got all the endings to Persona 4. I was wrong. I was so wrong. <laughs> I was so wrong, I went through it again. Another hundred hours just to see it, and it was worth it. See, with, with YouTube, though, it's like, ah, I can just see what it is. Yeah, but see there's that? a really good boss. Really okay, good boss. See, there's a difference between good boss and a boss that takes you so by surprise that it just wipes you out. <laughs> exactly. And it was kind of like that. It's one of those bosses that drags on for like 20 minutes, but it's a uh... tight, white knuckle 20 minutes. And when you screw up, it's your fault. No, yeah, see, it was this... epic as hell. Yeah, yeah this, so this, this boss was not that. This boss was like, it kills all your servants, so it's just you. And you do very little damage to it. And then, then it changes status effects, and you can resummon your servants, but now they're charmed and attack you instead of attacking the boss. <laughs> Which really sucked, because I'm like, I need a healer. The status effects change. I didn't know what it was. I summoned my healer. He healed the boss. <laughs> yeah. And I okay, was like, going nope, into the, nope, Going into I'm the done. last boss with unknown status effects, that's just bad design. Yeah, I don't... And the problem was, could I have left and ground up money and bought some items to maybe put on my servants to actually survive it? Possibly, but uh, I didn't... Who cares? The, the arena was so boring. It was just fight after fight after fight after fight. That there was no... My emotional investment was done. The The two main characters fell in love and they died. Um, and it turned out to not be a true ending anyway, so... Spoilers. Eh, I was finished. It. Yeah, spoilers. Everybody dies. Everybody That's, dies. Gust does that with all their RPGs. An Atelier RPG is always built around a timer that you have this many days to you know complete your quest. And usually it's like three years, I think, or five years. And every action you do takes time. Moving across the map takes time. If you stop to gather materials, that takes time. If you do alchemy, alchemy is measured in how many hours it takes to, you know, hmm. craft a potion or craft a bomb or whatever. So everything you do takes time. So, of course, you're not going to get the, the true ending the first time you play the game. You're just not. And then they say, okay, now try it again with passion. And they throw you right back in with New Game Plus and say, do it again. That's just kind of what they expect. And it's, Isn't I think that it's a what they're arrogant? It's bit. what their fans expect. Okay. All right. They expect and a certain amount of quantity. If Persona 4 wasn't anything less than a masterpiece, I never would have bothered. Okay. Yeah, it was amazing, but it, it is one of those RPGs. Sorry, drinking Pepsi. 
It is one of those RPGs that uh, takes its sweet fucking time to get going. Yeah, it does. The payoff of that is I am incredibly invested with Chie and uh, and all the the gang. <laughs> like I lo- I love them. By the time shit starts getting serious, but it literally took it like f- I think four hours before you- it even introduces the combat system. Yep. Yeah. So and and then several more hours before you can actually go into a dungeon and start actually playing the game proper. It's, Once you uh, do. Oh yeah. No, it's amazing. <laughs> I was actually really upset they recast Chie. I was super upset. I don't like the new voice actress. Yeah, I'm going to huff her. about it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the official chance huff. <laughs> okay, Chie is my waifu. Like she is the one. Hey, okay, there you go. I'm not going to argue with that. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Chie and her original VA is my waifu. Kaylin <laughs> <laughs> sure says I, I I do not have uh, I do not have a Chie figure, so I'm, it's not that gross. I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> well, why don't you have a GA figure? Because uh, you haven't found a good one yet. Yeah, because there's not a great one, and yeah. th- there's one that's kind of okay, but if I wanted to get it, I'd have to get used, probably. And then, I, and then I'd have to go through Mandarake. <laughs> anyway, Alex, uh, what you been up on this week? Um, Enter the Gungeon a lot. Oh, isn't that good? It's so good. It's so good. I can't beat the second level, and I don't care. That's how good it is. I got that second level boss this week. Who'd you kill? Oh God, I don't even remember. But Kayla witnessed it. It's a, it's something true that did happen. I don't remember was it which the snake? one it was. No. Keep going. What else is there? Um, the poison lady. Maybe. So you're like, she's great. She just sort of dives under the arena, spreads poison everywhere. I do two... recall the being poisoned. I don't know. I don't know. But either way, I beat her, or I beat something. I beat something at the second at uh, second boss. Uh-huh. But. What I really love about that game is, um, well, once I was telling Chamberlain about Galaxy and about how Galaxy is kind of like Street Fighter, where you don't dive into it and immediately start ranked play online. You have to warm up. Mm-hmm. This game is a martial art. Kind Enter the Gungeon yeah. is very much like that. The gameplay is that tight. It is so stingy with health. But yeah, but that's what makes it meaningful when a guy shoots you and you go, fuck! Yeah. Oh, just like an electric shock. Uh-huh. <laughs> it needs to be that. And I do feel like it's well-balanced to um, to let me kind of keep on exploring. And I, I'm aware that when I fail, it's usually my thing. My problem is, uh, maybe, it's, maybe I just have shitty peripheral vision or something, where I'm looking at the boss or whatever I'm shooting at, and I'm not paying attention to where my character is and the fact that there's bullets coming at them. Oh, yeah, I, I lose my character all the time. Yeah, I can't do both at once. I If I'm surviving, I'm watching my character and the bullets around him, and I'm not shooting anyone. That's what the blanks are for. Yeah. I always I never use those. those. I always forget them. I know. <laughs> it's like, I wouldn't want to use this. I have that problem with every game, though, where like, if I find a use at I'm like, well, if I use this, that means I'm cheating. Yes. Yeah. And then you finish it, and you've got, like, t- t- 10 million megalixers and all the other stuff you never use. And you're like, oh, wow, that could have been so much easier, but... Eh. But I'm good at the game. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. now I'm really good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I th- I think I did burn, like, three blanks on that level two boss to get through, oh, though. Oh, man. It's a... They kicked my ass. I, I made it for, like, five minutes with the uh, ammo conda. I love the gun puns. I haven't found it. Yeah, he's a he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the the designs are great. I love the uh, that level one boss that is, like, a, I don't know, a seagull with a chain gun. Yes, 
but it's black, oh. and so it immediately recalls to me Vulcan Raven. I just love that it's got like sick abs and it's funny as hell. Yes. Like well, what it, what happens is you you walk into this room, Chamberlain. There is a giant bird sitting in a giant bird's nest. Or no, sorry, there's just a giant bird's nest, and in the giant bird's nest is a giant chain gun. And then this black <laughs> bird lands in the bird nest, takes the chain gun, flies away, lands in the arena again, flexes its awesome pecs, and all the feathers <laughs> blow off its torso, and you see just this ripped body underneath. I was I died because my eyes were closed because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of fun. Like, that presentation presentation is amazing. It's super good. And then, like, the Bullet King has this awesome, just disinterested scowl on his face. It's just yeah. so well, so well drawn. And the Bullet Twins, just that little high five they give each yes. other when they pop and the in. the clink. Fuck, it's good. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I played a little bit more Hyperlight this week. I can't get back into it. Really? No. I, I started exploring East after I... Uh, okay, so you... Wait, oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Did you have the triple dash when you beat uh, the bird guy at the Roof of the World? Sure didn't. Oh, really? Mm-mm. Kicked my ass again and again and again. Yeah, but you beat him. Yeah, I did. Okay, so good. what upgrade did you have? Nothing. I had nothing. Seriously? Yeah. Weird. Hardcore. See, that's the problem with the game. You don't know where you're supposed to go, mm-hmm. and you can just absolutely start on the last dungeon. And that's... Even Dark Souls doesn't do that. Yeah, but it's not the last dungeon. That's the nature of the game is it's freeform. You can go wherever you want. And that's... That's fun, but I don't have... I'd much rather play Dark Souls at this point. I'm... Well, (laughs) that's actually one of the problems that I feel that 3 has, and we'll get to that. Um, I loved it. Like, I'm exploring the eastern area now, and the whole thing just remains completely beautiful and wonderful and enchanting. Like, I can't remember the last time I played any game that was as uniformly pleasing as I'm finding Hyperlight Drifter. Like it's, it is a great atmosphere. Yeah, it's it's a great every like I oh, I'm just like how to put it. Oh. Do you remember the scene in The Mask where Jim Carrey as the mask goes to the nightclub and sees Cameron Diaz for the first time? <laughs> like the eye shooting out, tongue lolling down. Yes, and just oh, like there, there are not words for how this makes me feel. So here are some, <laughs> here are some cartoony emotes. That's Hyperlight Drifter. Like they they should have sent a poet to review this game. As far as I'm concerned, it's amazing. So Alex, uh, what else? Hmm, that's pretty much it. Okay, well let's not go. Let's not absolutely let's not yeah, talk about save, that. save that for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chamberlain um, has been playing stories. I did, I did, and you had mentioned that you had seen that the reviews were kind of all over the place uh-huh. on it. Some good, some bad. I I completely understand both. Okay, it's got it's got some pretty good ideas, but it doesn't have the content to back up the ideas. Go on. To start with, you played Bastion, correct? Oh yeah, I love Bastion. Yes. When I think of Bastion, the first thing I think of is the narrator's voice. Because uh-huh. the narrator's voice was just that perfect kind of gravelly voice. Sound like Sam Elliott almost a little bit, that we were talking about earlier. And it was just perfect. He, he took what could have been a really annoying feature of the game and made it a selling point. Uh-huh. The narrator was, was integral to it. It was really important. Stories tries to do that, but the guy that got to do the voice acting is no good. Oh, <laughs> no, no. So it gets really annoying. And... and the the writing itself isn't good. Oh. Like it it doesn't want to use pronouns in the in the, in the tutorial. Oh, no. There's like the boy this, the boy that, the boy this, the boy die, the boy this, the boy. I'm like motherfucker, pronouns. Just he. Come on, save time. So that's like three strikes already because that part's just ugh. So the worst part of a game called stories is a story presentation. 
Well, no, not necessarily. The the story presentation's not bad. The whole idea with stories is that you start with every every level starts with a binary choice. Either go here or go there. And from when you finish that level, there's another binary choice. Go here, go there. And it kind of branches off from there. So you've got each level can branch off into two other levels and so on and so forth. And the idea is that the first time you go through, no matter what choices you make, you die. Okay. And so the first time I made it through five of these levels and I was stabbed in the back by someone who's a traitor. And you learn that. You obtain a truth. Now you know that he's a traitor. The whole book literally flips back to the first level. You keep all your levels and all your items and all your swords or whatever, and you do it again. The nice thing is there's enough choices that the second time through, I didn't replay a single level. I just played different levels, died in the end, obtained a different truth. Third time, same thing, but now I'm out of levels. So now it's going to flip me back to the very beginning, and I've played all the individual levels, but now it's just a matter of trying to play them in the right order. And that's where the repetition comes in, and that's where people are getting annoyed. Because what you do in the levels is the combat, and the combat is an Arkham Asylum game, but Mm -hmm. less complicated, with less options. Mm -hmm. It's like attack, block. Attack, block, attack, block. See, I, I had oh. read that uh, that the choice that it's okay because you're going back through the same levels because sometimes the choices that you've made will have major impact on these levels in this run. I don't know if they have major impact on the levels, but you do unlock things as as you go through. You unlock more swords, and the swords unlock doors to go into. So there are new paths to go down through the levels, hmm. and the levels themselves do look pretty good. There's the final level every time is you're fighting this armada of ravens, and they're all on their flying ships. Ooh. And it, it just, it, the, the levels are very, very vertical. And you're, you're moving around on a 2D plane, but as you're looking down at it, you, there's a lot going on below you, so there's a great sense, sense of depth to them. There's, there's ships moving by above you and below you, so it feels like if you fall off, you're going to die. And there's fire and rain and wind. It looks really good, but that's how every single run ends, is with that level, and it's huh. usually the same. Uh. So I'm to the point now where I want to finish it because I want to find this last truth and figure out what it's going to do, but the actual process of playing the game, all the luster is worn off. It's like, okay, this is fun, but if there are more new levels to go through, it'd be, it would be good. But now we've run into, like, it's a budget game, so it's not going to have that content to back up its idea. And that's a great premise. And story one. structure. Well, the, I mean, the, the idea of the, the branching story and, and returning to the start is not, I, like I said, it's, I, I, yeah, it's not a bad idea, a, but the, the repetition is what is going to get to it. Because I always felt like video games, more than like any other medium, could be the one that tells just a great time travel mystery. Well, maybe they have with Quantum Break. I, I haven't played that yet. I'm going to get to it. That's, no I one hates the that. story. That's what I'm getting. Really? But there was sort of like take it or leave it kind of a feeling about it. Mm-hmm. Um... So are you going to put down stories now? No, I'm not. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it. I've got to be near the end. I mean, I've discovered three of the four truths. After one more, I'm assuming it'll open up another path. I I may cheat, go online, and find the RAS, find the correct order to do these things in. You kind of have to at this point. Yeah, I I don't really feel like, you know, fighting it any more than I absolutely have to. But I'm I'm going to finish it. It's it's not unpleasant, but it's, it's kind of run its course, and there's more game left. It's just disappointing. It's, I was hoping the combat would be better. No, it's really not. I mean, they're, they're, the other problem with it is you have all these little magic swords. There's a fire sword, an ice sword, the void sword. But when you try to use any of their special abilities, the, it just gets so busy with all the particle effects and smoke and fire that you lose track of what's going on. Hmm. You lose your character and all the effects. 
which is never good because it's hard enough that if you miss a block, you're going to die. Oh, that I like. Um, (laughs) Not that hard. It's not that hard. (laughs) So Tuesday happened, and I I came home with Dark Souls 3 and Ratchet and Clank. And I threw in Ratchet and Clank. Please tell me it's good. Gorgeous. Okay, okay, good. It is so good looking. And I maybe put 40 minutes into it before I asked Keela if she wanted to see Dark Souls 3. She goes, yeah. And... uh, (laughs) You're so lucky. So so far, I, I'll I'll be prepared to say that uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, presentation is super nice in terms of like the the script and everything. It's all very ratchet and clank. The thing is, uh, Captain Quark is the narrator, and he's pretty annoying. Like I don't want to hear what the fuck he's saying. I Some, hate Captain Quark so much. Yeah, me too. Some people have said that that he fills what would otherwise have been a moment of quiet. I like those moments of quiet, especially <laughs> when I'm like exploring this unbelievably beautiful alien world. But uh, from what I've seen so far, I haven't kind of gotten to an alien planet where I'm just free to roam around. It feels, maybe it's just the result of that this is the intro to the game. It kind of feels like if Ratchet and Clank were an Uncharted game. It feels hmm. quite linear so far. So I'm really hoping that changes, but I don't know because I haven't put much time into it because I, then I tried Dark Souls 3. Alex? Alex? Mm-hmm. What do you think of Dark Souls 3? I think it's really damn good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm it is. thinking, I didn't know how much I would love Bloodborne getting in my Dark Souls, but it is a Reese's Cup and I can't stop eating it. <laughs> did you ever play uh, Demon Souls? I did. I it burned me pretty bad. Really? I beat the Tower Knight and that blob thing, and then I was just kind of done. I didn't yeah. know what to expect. This feels more like Demon Souls than any of the previous previous Dark Souls games to me. Mostly just because the Firelink Shrine is very much like the Nexus from Demon Souls. Oh, yeah. And um, the fact that everywhere I have explored so far feels very physically disconnected from the rest of the world that I've seen. Like, it doesn't feel like I'm exploring this huge, grand, interconnected Metroidvania that I did in Dark Souls 1 and 2. It feels more like a series of semi-linear areas, kind of more like Demon's Souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is, I'm kind of annoyed. Like, I'm, I haven't, I, I would suspect I'm probably like one-sixth of the way into this game that you are. I just beat, um, uh... I just I don't know the names <laughs> I just beat I think it's like basically the first boss and then the lady in the church says hold up this banner and then you can oh, go yeah. to the, yeah, the that's like, yeah that's I've, like the first the uh, sixth yeah I've like barely scratched the surface have you beaten it already? oh no 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 no, no. Okay. I'm like just over halfway okay I've looked at a walkthrough I wanted to make sure <laughs> and I I have yet to come to a point where there are two directions and I can pick which one I'm going in. Unlike every other fucking Souls game. Like, I'm, I'm really kind of bothered by that. Like, unlike Bloodborne even. Is, does there get to, does it get to a point where this opens up and I actually kind of have a choice that I can walk up this hill and fight these guys or walk down this hill and fight these other guys and explore Not this other area? Really? Really? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The secret areas are mini levels. I haven't, well, oh no. It's a lot more dense. Okay. It gets a lot more mileage out of its uh, assets, but there's no branching paths. Mm. It's not great. That's that's my biggest problem with it. Yeah, and I'm really surprised by that. 
but the enemies are so hard and interesting and they get really weird towards where I am like really okay. weird like a beautiful weird well, I'm I'm still fighting like the same basic dog types that I fought in Bloodborne yeah like it is I like a... how big their eyes are now they're really creepy <laughs> and uh, when I'm, I'm as I'm going through this undead uh, town or undead village or whatever it is there's this woman at this burning tree this giant woman right yeah she's the worst yeah, but but it's a woman. Yeah, it's it's a it's a female enemy in a game who is not presented like she's not in like a chainmail bikini. Like I don't even know what you would describe that outfit she's wearing. She's basically it's like it's like if John Goodman were a crossdresser and had a <laughs> yeah, giant much. yeah and had a giant club over one shoulder and performed miracles and like threw them at you. It's, it's a great enemy. I love Have this. Seen her enemy. bear hug attack. Yes, no, I, I haven't. I haven't succumbed to it yet. But it's, it'll mess you up. Yeah, like that's a great enemy, and the the enemy is in cages just in this area. Yeah. So you know, this is really what I'm thinking of. I'm just kind of stuck in this area because it's what I've been playing today. But it's um, it's beautiful in the ways that Souls games are beautiful. I'm finding it's a bit bright. Yeah, it is a little bright. Yeah, like I was expecting. I don't know. I guess all that the trailers will be a problem soon. Okay. Oh God! Do I need a torch? Is that what you're telling me? No, but okay. So, is that linearity an attempt to make it more accessible? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And the shrines are so much closer together now. Mm-hmm. Like you, I probably. Oh God! You you could probably once you figure out an area, you can get from one bonfire to the next within in less than two minutes. In a lot of these areas, yeah, they're it's, generous. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but did you die at all getting to the Firelink Shrine? Uh, yeah, because I went the wrong way and ran to that Katana dude. There's a Katana dude? Yeah. He's, he's, he's fun. I thought I explored everything. Nah. Go to the top of the mountain. I thought I did. He'll drop his Katana. It's really good. Oh. Yeah. I like Katana. See, the secrets are... It, it feels like you're just sort of blowing through the game, but there's lots of little nooks and crannies where you miss all the uh, uh, Covenant stuff, lots of mm. secret weapons. I got two Covenants so far. I'm praising the sun right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even praise. I never did a, I never did anything to do with any Covenant. Oh, come on, sun bros. Yeah, no, all these people are asking me to join their club, and I'm like, you think I'm here for you? I'm hey, here to some of the best the loots flame. behind those Covenant quests. Really? Yeah, that's actually... I have a huge problem with that because all online communities die, and when you can't get to the best dagger because you can't do that like red bloodline quest, <laughs> Dark Souls Two is gonna suck. What's uh, what's your build? My build is Dex, really? always Dex. Because hmm. when I was playing Bloodborne, I thought to myself, you know, this game would probably be a lot of fun if I had a rapier, and I was right. <laughs> uh, so do you use a shield at all? I do. Sort of do like the rapier shield poke a lot. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I'm putting everything I've got into strength right now because I, I picked up a shield that has high stability, but I need 36 strength to wield it. Yeah. Good luck getting 36 anything. Thank you. It's going it, to, the leveling's a lot slower. It seems that way. And, and like I'm looking at a lot of the, and I'm looking at like my, uh, the, the length of my stamina bar and the length of my health bar, and I'm like, I should be working on these. Mm -hmm. But no, I'm not. I'm, trying to get my my stem or my strength up because I know there's going to be like I'm going to find the the buster sword in this game. There's Somewhere, always yeah. yeah, there's always a buster sword. There is a great sword of 
I don't know, whatever the greatsword was that I used in Bloodborne, I can't wait to pick that thing up again. I'm going to have so much fun. Greatswords are great. But here's yeah. the thing, like, at the point where I'm at, I've got some pretty good armor. Every single hit from any enemy takes up, like, a third of my health bar, and I got, like, 20 health. It's so hard. Oh, damn <laughs> it's it. so good. Shit. And they are yep. fast motherfuckers out there. I've always been, like, a giant shield and no armor underneath in the Souls games. <laughs> Yeah. You gotta roll. You gotta roll real yeah. fast this yeah. time. Yeah, that uh, um, just before the sequence where there's someone firing a bunch of bolts into an area outside the undead village, mm-hmm. uh, there's this guy who carries around a giant uh, a giant saw, and he's got a giant shield on his back, right? Can't stab him. Yeah. Um, so I just walked up to him and I put away my shield and I two handed my long sword. <laughs> And I just beat the shit out of him first try. These bosses aren't all that hard. I no, beat the boss not. before the Firelink Shrine second try. I beat that boss who opens up the way to the Undead Village uh, second try. He was try. a pushover. He was. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed so far. Yeah. But. Okay. Is it is it that this one's easier, or are you just so familiar with this type of game? No one can now. figure that out. But I think it's a little easier. I think the bosses are easier, the enemies are Bloodborne. Yes. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, but the the art direction is still great. I kind of feel like the opening was the weakest of the series so far. Yeah, it you know really what? was. It just kind of happened. I like the first boss. It was I interesting. Like how, I didn't see I, that coming. Uh, we'll give it that. Yeah. <laughs> I think my neighbors thought I got stabbed or something. I just, I just bellowed out. Oh, fuck! No, oh, God! <laughs> Black oil snakes everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> but it's cool because like you ha- you can't level up, and it kind of forces you to like actually use the build you have for like mm-hmm. five minutes. I think that's like mechanically smart, but kind of boring. When uh, when you first started, you're going through the area where there's all the signs on the ground saying you know like this is how you swing your sword, this is how you evade, and then there's one side there's was one sign that says go back because yeah. you don't know what's in there. Did you go yeah. in there? Yeah, I did. Did you kill it? Uh, eventually, I had to come back. First try, baby. What? With a thief. I started oh. as a thief. <laughs> Just because I wanted someone with, like, high... Pat yourself uh, on the back. I do. I do. I like that was, That's some fancy I like, footwork. I like killing things. Yeah, um, but he was he was pretty slow. He just kind of had to check his pattern once or twice. And then what it is is it's this giant lizard thing with, like, crystals coming out of everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it attacks you with, like, it, like, does ground pounds and ice crystals erupt out of the ground around it. It was cool. It was beautiful. It was like, and there's one of the things I lo- think I love most about this is just that it's new-gen souls. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm taking screenshots left and right. <laughs> so I'm going to get some. This is the game for me that's made for Let's Plays. I won't play it myself. Maybe I'll maybe I'll watch, you know, when people are good enough at it, I'll watch a speedrun it or something like that, just so I can see it. Well, I think um, there, there, was, there was an interesting article on Kotaku about uh, a woman who did some streaming with her boyfriend. And then as a joke, because she's not too good at video games, we're going we're gonna to make her play Dark Souls but not tell her what it is. And because she kind of came at it as someone who's not really uh, well-read on video games, she just came to it as a person looking at this beautiful, mysterious world. And she fell in love with it as a complete outsider. And she didn't, 
she didn't have anything to go on to tell her that this is ridiculously hard. No one should have to put up with this. <laughs> she just was like, oh, that's, I, I can't beat this guy by doing it this way. Let's figure out how to beat him because I know there's a way. And now this is her living, is, is streaming games. It, it created a career for her, apparently. I mean, if that's not proof positive, this is one of the greatest gaming templates ever made. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does, does, it does so good. I mean, was I there like a genre game. invented last last gen that wasn't Dark Souls? Well, I was thinking um, about franchises and about how there's nothing I can really think of that began last gen and is still incredibly important. Uncharted. Like the, yeah, but Uncharted feels more like a... It's a melange of other styles Yeah, that Naughty Dog just perfected. This doesn't feel like that. This feels like something very different from a Devil May Cry. It's very different from a from an Oblivion. It is its own thing. There is nothing else like what From Software does. And other people may try, but the only one to come close is Scott Studios of all people. Good for like them. there's yeah, and there's there's nothing else like this. It's boggling. I think this is a really good stopping point for like a couple of years at least. We'll see. We'll see if they're not trying to pull an Assassin's Creed with it. I'm wondering if we're going to get a Bloodborne announcement at E3 this year. I bet there's going to be a Bloodborne too, and then that'll be the last we hear from from software for a little bit. Maybe. Am I, is, am I an awful person for hoping that Bloodborne 2 is PS4K? Yes. Yes, you are. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we know I'd, God of War 4 is going to be PS4K. <laughs> yeah, but, but it'll just play really shitty on your normal PS4. <laughs> Yeah. Fairly. Oh, hey, question. How, what are the load times like on the PS4? Um, God, I, I don't think it would even amount to 10 seconds. It's probably closer to 5. Really? On the PS4? Oh, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's really... It's so brief that I can't even read the, like, the thing that it's showing me about, like, you know, what an ember is. Wow. I can't read the whole thing before it disappears. So what the hell was wrong with Bloodborne? Maybe that was just their first crack. Man. Because that's what made me put it down the second time. Just the 45 second loading screens. Bloodborne felt a lot more visually dense than this, though. It does. But it's also a lot shorter. Yeah. And I don't know. I love just the length the Soul games get to. Like, you get, like, you can get to, like, a 30 hour run and you really get into it for, like, a week. And Bloodborne, I can blow through that in, like, a weekend. Mm hmm. But, But we've played it so many times. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so so Alex and I both adore Dark Souls Three. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It is. Super, I expected super nothing else. <laughs> I've I've got I some was very worried. I've got After some that very polygon nice... review. Mm. Oh God, I don't pay attention to polygon. Have you seen what, Monster Factory? You should watch Monster Factory. That's actually really damn funny. What is Monster Factory? It's these two guys that are basically like video game radio DJs that just screw around with character creations and do nothing else. Hmm. It's actually pretty damn funny. You and should see on, the, Blood, the Bloodborne and, one's kind of the best. And that's on Polygon. Mm-hmm. Okay. The only thing I ever go to Polygon for is sometimes they will have footage of indies that no one else has. They, they had, do get scoops. Yeah, they do get some scoops once in a while. Uh, speaking of indies and scoops, <laughs> uh, The Void became available for Galaxy on Steam last night. Oh, did you actually try it? Absolutely, I did. Uh, for a brief, glimmering moment... I had the number three high score in the entire world Ooh. for Galaxy. So what is you that could just like? you could just do the void without having to play up to it. Exactly. Okay. 
The Void is like a separate thing. And keep in mind, that score was achieved with a frame rate of like 10. <laughs> like, like it is not... I, I basically can't play the game on my computer. But uh, The Void is really, really interesting. Um, if anyone played... The, for those who played the original, uh, every mission of Galaxy takes place in this large piece of space, and you can you can freely fly around it. But as you approach the edges, uh, you're told that, you know, you can't fly past this point, you'll get hurt, and then a giant ship appears and blows you out of the sky. In the void, um, there's still an open section of space, there's still a dungeon in there that you can explore. In, the, in and around the dungeon are enemies that you can kill, and you want to kill them because you get scrap from them. And then in the dungeon, there are um, upgrades that you can pick up, and, and health packs and missile packs to pick up. But the entire level and the entire dungeon, as you fly through it, are rotating around your ship the entire time you, you're in the level. Ooh. So, yes, uh, your map is limited to a little sphere directly around your ship, so it's really easy to get turned around. The level itself, instead of those areas far off that you can't go past or a ship will destroy you, it is like a storm in space. And that storm is constantly contracting into the center of the playable space through your entire time in this area. Um, it will never contract to the point that it blocks you into an area because there will always be a straight run down the center of the map to get from wherever you are to wherever the warp point is. Then you get to the warp point, you can go to the shop, cash your upgrades, go into the next level, the level begins compressing. <laughs> And so you just play again and again and again and again and keep rolling through the levels and uh, shoot for a high score. And every time you kill an enemy, a new score thing pops up, like, you just killed this guy, 5,000 points, yay! <laughs> Which uh, Galaxy had never done before. And you start with a ton of upgrades. You start with uh, Double Shot, which is huge, Assault Muzzle, which is good, and Auto Fire, which is really good too, um, as well as a bit more health and uh, some temporary shields. So it feels like... Like, this is like the version of Galaxy that when it lands on my PS4, I could seriously just sit down and play this fucking shit forever. I'm super hyped for this to land on PS4. Was it worth the wait? So far, yes, but, you know, hopefully it'll I'll start to play it at 30 frames per second and <laughs> actually be able to enjoy it a little bit. So is there also a Chapter 5 in there? That's where Chapter 5 is going to be? Um, as, I mean, or is the Void Chapter 5? I don't... I'm not actually sure. I don't think that it is. Um, I think that there's a Chapter 5 that is like canon story, and then when you start the Void, there's this whole other fully produced cutscene that starts off the Void where uh, the guy who runs the shop appears and says... Uh, I've been lost in space and time for the past ten years, and I've seen every permutation and possible outcome of the war that you have with the Empire. I've seen you die a million times. Now I need you to come with me into the void, and we're going to kill the Emperor as many times as it takes to stop this war. <laughs> and, uh, and it's like, you know, he's like got an eye patch now, and he's a pirate. He's probably like got a mechanical arm or something. And, and then you warp into the void and you see a skeleton version of, uh, the admiral that you idolized, who's actually an idiot. And he's like, Atak, remember what I taught you? <laughs> As you go flying into the void. It's really fun. It's really endearing. Um, I'm super hyped for it. It was totally worth the wait. And it's like, wow, what the fuck have 17 bit been doing for the past six months? They've been doing this. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Still no Vita version. I know. <laughs> but they bring it down. Yeah. They they've said there might be quote surprises, so that that would surprise me. I'd be 3DS really yes version. 
<laughs> New 3DS version. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Nintendo NX version. <laughs> okay, any of the games we got to talk about that we played? Hmm. Let me bring up Steam real quick. Tried a little no. bit of Risk of Rain. It was it was not bad, but I haven't had much time to put into it. You, you got to put some time into it. I will. I will. Like, it's... It's easy to, like, play for two hours and put it down and never pick it back up again. I'm hoping that won't be the case. I do love, love a good roguelike. There is a lot to love if you could just break past a couple of... Get, just unlock a couple of really good characters pretty early on. And once you break through that, then it starts to open up for you. I'm digging it so far. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, does that mean we can get into headlines? I think so, sure. yeah. I'm, I'm about tapped out. Headlines. Okay, uh, Killer Instinct had 6 million unique users in March. Windows 10. <sighs> yes. I guess people aren't so mad about Windows 10 after all. Yes. Uh, and whatever here, here's they're, here's they're, some crow for me to eat. <laughs> this is good news. I mean, mm-hmm. it's KI was kind of languishing with a very small player base, and now it's got more people. I mean, I... I I understand that the majority of those six million were people trying out Jago for free the first time or Saberwolf for free the first time. And I don't know how many of them are going to stick around, but at least more people got a taste of it. So there's a chance they're going to stick around and buy a couple characters. So mm, it's good news. I'd be really interested to see the split on Street Fighter between uh, PS4 and PC. I think it's actually higher on PC. Oh, honestly. Yeah, but um, my my question is how much? How much? Like, is I, it like an order of ten or something? Or? I would. I don't know if it's that bad. Well, part of what really hurt the PS4 version is that if you don't go through modding your stick, your old sticks just don't work on PS4. Really? Yeah. So a lot of people just went to the PC version because the PC version will work with pretty much any stick you got, and if it doesn't technically support it, you can run some, run something like Joy Two Key and, and map map it all up for yourself. So anybody who had existing infrastructure, you know, because these arcade sticks aren't cheap. They're between yeah. like one fifty, two hundred, two hundred fifty bucks for some what? really good ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, a good a good arcade stick's two hundred bucks. Okay. I got my Mad Cat's TE two. It was about two hundred bucks. I had my old. More than the one that I, I wish I could use now that I can't. My Quanba was about 180. Hey kids, you could buy a Vita for that much. <laughs> True. <laughs> no, the good good sticks are not cheap. So yeah, it, it, the PC version I would imagine is significantly higher. Well, it uh, Steam Spy is saying 156 grand. Uh, that ain't that many. But whatever. That's um, not bad. Yeah, it's not terrible. Uh, okay, so the animated Killing Joke movie that has Mark Hamill back. Uh, it has been officially rated R. <laughs> dun, yeah. dun, dun. That makes it the first ever Batman movie to be rated R, assuming we're not counting the unrated Blu-ray release of Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh, hopefully we're not, because... Ugh. I don't even think I watched that movie on video. But this is good news that Killing Joke is going to be rated R. That means they're actually going to leave all the content in it that should be in it. Yeah. How I will they make the end ambiguous? I can't believe how hyped I am for a straight-to-Blu-ray cartoon. I really hope that they actually do the whole Batman laughing with the Joker bit at the end. I mean, they but have will to. They, they have make it to. less than ambiguous. It should be ambiguous. It should be. It should be like. It should end with going. What? What? I, like, isn't this directed by uh, Paul Dini? Yes, sir. Yeah, I think he knows what he's doing. Oh, he, if he doesn't, no one does. Yeah. So I think uh, this is in the best possible hands, with the best possible cast, with the best possible rating it could have. Yeah, <laughs> like, he wasn't involved with Arkham City, and I could feel it. Yeah, mm. okay. that was not a good story. Yeah, or that was like six 
beginnings of six good stories that never ended. Yeah, but the very end of Arkham City. Oh yeah, was the best. Like I'm sorry, as far as I'm concerned, that was the best Batman and Joker scene. Oh ever. yeah, that whole sequence. Yes, yeah, that was fantastic. All right, wait. I'm trying to remember now. That's okay, the clay, okay. That's the Clayface bit, right? No, no. The the bit is Batman says to Joker, "You know what's funny." Oh. After everything you've done, I would have saved everything you. you've, everyone you've killed. I would have saved you. And the Joker goes, "That actually is <coughs> pretty funny. Pretty funny." <laughs> they die. So well, I thought you were talking the about the thing with uh, Scarecrow. What thing with Scarecrow? The dream sequence. Mm-hmm. In was Arkham real. City. I mean, yeah. Arkham Silent. This Arkham Knight. Excuse me. I said Arkham City, didn't I? Yeah, did. that's where. It, yeah. Okay, no, I've been talking about Arkham Knight this whole time by accident. Oh, the story of Arkham Knight sucked <laughs> yeah, balls. Yeah, Paul Dini did not have anything to do with it. He actually wrote Arkham City and then got pushed off. Oh. Yeah. He's still in the credits. Yeah, it would have been a lot better. Hey, how did Arkham Knight run for you on the PC? Ugh. Okay. That's what uh, I thought. <laughs> I, I got, as soon as I could get a refund, I got a fucking refund. Wasn't that like a joke at the time? That was a just huge egregious? joke. Like, I put up with it just because the game was pretty good. But if you decided to dive, it was a perfect visual metaphor for your frame rate. <laughs> it was garbage. Wow. Well, that ran beautiful on PS4. It looked really, really good. Really it good. Ran beautiful it's on a Xbox good One. looking game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, well, we already kind of covered this, but elsewhere in the news, uh, yeah, something is in fact actually happening with Galaxy. 17 bits say that the content will be on PS4 and Steam in a matter of weeks. And um, I did find out what came with the indie box for Galaxy. Among other things, it'll include the soundtrack, which I'm super hyped about. Yeah. Bought the soundtrack for Severed this week. It's really good. Oh, how about that? How about that title screen for Dark Souls Three? Title screen? That's just some great music. Oh, you don't like yeah. it? Yeah. No, I didn't stand out to me. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, it stands out to me because it's like the first track in Dark Souls ever that actually grabbed me. I'm like, oh hey, there's some theme building. Good for you. I was kind of sad that I could cheese that dragon on the ramparts with a bow. Yeah, I never liked that aspect. If you're doing that, you are cheating. Well, yeah, Except... but it's dar- the game cheats. Yeah. Like, Dark Souls is a game where it's okay to do that shit, because yeah. the game will do that shit to you. That's my favorite part about that Dragon Rider dude from Dark Souls 2. I don't remember a Dragon Rider dude in Dark Souls 2. He's that dude um, uh, that plays with all the giants in the beginning... I uh, forget where you find that miracle lady. Uh, mm, yeah, he's the dude where like, the giants. you can find those secret levers that sort of raise the water platforms so the boss can't knock you off. Hmm. Is that dude with the big halberd? The red armor? Don't remember it. Oh, wow. Well, anyway, the deal with him was like, if you got, there was like a way to get a really weird angle on him, and you could just shoot like a hundred arrows and kill him. Oh. I feel like I wouldn't do that for a melee boss, though. That feels not fair. Exactly. Okay, so good. you know how we're always discussing what exactly developers get for PlayStation Plus deals? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Well, apparently Game Over Greggy, uh, who is in tight with a bunch of PlayStation developers, he used to work for PlayStation doing their podcast. Uh, he says that developers get a choice either between a lump sum, like we will pay you a hundred grand or whatever, uh, right up front to put your game on Plus, or we will pay you $2 or $5 or whatever the deal is for every unit that is pulled down as a result of PlayStation Plus. You pick. So if a ton of people get your game, you might want to go for the per game. If you don't think it's that popular, go with the lump sum. You'll still get a tiny little sum. Uh, so it's a gamble either way, but they absolutely get reimbursed one way or the other. That's See, I cool. would 
I would think that the number of downloads is going to be pretty consistent because everybody who has PlayStation Plus just downloads everything, don't they? Even if they never play it. I, I don't would... get the sense that that's the case because every time, every time I follow a developer on Twitter and their game goes on PlayStation Plus, they start hammering out regularly, it's free on PS, PS Plus right now, please go download it. Why wouldn't yeah. you do it? You're, this is the service you're paying for. I mean, I have games on there that I'm never, ever, ever going to play. Yeah, but then i got to deal disc. with the PlayStation Store, and that thing's just a hassle. Oh, yeah, the PlayStation Store sucks. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> it really does. Like there was, where was that? Oh, I closed it. But there was a thing in the in the Penny Arcade forums the other day where we're talking about Vita games, and one of the guys says, um, uh, he was talking about Axiom Verge, and I said, well, Axiom Verge is not right now, is it? He goes, oh, no, sorry, I was, I was just thinking about something else, and, uh, and and the store sucks, and no, that was my mistake. That was disregard everything I just said. <laughs> and I go, no, you're right. The store does suck, and we're like, yeah, it really does suck. Is it one of the things where you have to buy fun bucks? Uh, you no, know, you can plug your credit card in, but I'm okay. not going to. Oh, right. I remember that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, I do go with fun bucks, so if anyone ever gains control of my account, they can't really... They can lock me out of all my stuff. Please don't do that, hackers. But, it's, but yeah, If we survive incredible. two weeks ago, we should be okay for a while. Yeah, we'll see. Knocking on wood here, but uh, pretty incredible that hasn't happened to Steam yet. It kind of did, didn't it? Was that over Christmas? People were logging in and seeing other people's stuff? Yeah, but yeah. I don't think they compromise any financial information, just like libraries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There was a news dump over at Gamma, Gamma Sutra breaking down 1.2 million copies sold of Shovel Knight with a handsome little pie chart showing that uh, full 32% of that 1.2 million was on Steam, 29% was on 3DS, which is the console that it launched on, and everything else is split up. Wii U is actually pretty strong at 17%. I'm quite surprised by that Wii U number. Seriously. Uh, but that might be because of the Amiibo as well. Uh, uh-huh. Xbox One is at 5%, PS Vita is at 4%, and PS4 is at 10%. So yeah, it's it's like I was amazed by those 3DS numbers, but I'm like, well, they have such a huge install base, why am I surprised by that? I think it's because we don't think of the 3DS as an indie platform. Was it because everyone on Kickstarter got a PC version? Mm, makes sense. Or were those sales after Kickstarter? Well, I don't know. I didn't read it all that much. The other interesting part of it is they say for uh, a $25 cop- retail copy of the game, the publisher gets 3 to $4 less than they would if you bought a $15 digital release. Hmm. Hmm. And I actually I bought it for 20 bucks at Best Buy a couple of weeks ago. On you are part of the problem. Okay. I am. <laughs> I, I like the plastic. But it's sure nice to do. Oh, they also said that they spent a year and a million dollars doing that Plague of Shadows DLC, and they gave it away for free. They made nothing off that. That is something. Did I you wonder... play Shovel Knight? I never actually played it. Oh, I played the fuck out. Shovel Knight was amazing. Oh, it looked kind of like Mega Man-ish to me, almost. Yes. I mean, look... Okay. Yeah, it's, it's Mega Man just with a lot more charm. The charm is kind of a uh, shotgun effect that they throw at everything they possibly can, and some of it will you will find endearing, I promise. <laughs> um, but uh, just in terms of taking a, a, a couple simple mechanics and doing everything they possibly can with it, it's amazing. It is really, really good. It deserves all the accolades it got, and it got a lot of accolades. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, Thanks, is... Kickstarter. Pardon? Thanks, Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely one of the 
one of the ones that uh, yeah, and Hyperlight Drifter now. Like Kickstarter has created some really awesome shit. Yeah, I may have put Hyperlight down, but I am damn happy it exists. Seriously, yeah, yep. Um, Wait, speak- did you did you hold on? Did you put your money where your mouth was? Did you fund uh, Hyperlight Drifter or did you fund Shovel Knight? Me? Yeah. No, I didn't have even have... you funded a, any of those? I didn't even have a credit card until, like, this ah, time last year. Okay. I funded uh, Army Krog, and with a million dollars and, like, a year and a half of development, there's only so much you can do with stop motion. Hmm. It was, like, four hours long. It was mm-hmm. kind of heartbreaking. The only one I funded is Bloodstained. How's that going? I don't think I put uh, any money into that. It's not oh. out yet. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's coming along. They 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 are putting out regular updates. They do. I mean, they every 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 couple of weeks you get something like here's a new character, here's the new shader they're using. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like the game doesn't exist, but I mean, they've got my money. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. What else did I kickstart? I kickstarted that one that um, uh, the guys from Vigil are doing. What are doing? Like, um, okay. Uh, the the name of the art director from Vigil was Joe Maguera. He did a comic book series called Battle Chasers. Oh yeah, yeah. I they're doing that. yeah, they're doing like a tactical RPG. I think That's based off of I that, get. based off Battle Chasers. Yeah, I threw a little bit of money at that. Um, the other one I did was um, uh, Zero Labs. I did a oh. huge thing on the. It's a stupid name. It's a stupid yeah, name. Yeah, it's the same guys who did Skullgirls. Yes. Okay. <laughs> did that one make it? I don't remember if that oh, one it made abs- it. Oh, it absolutely did. Fig. Okay, because it was actually out, the demo was out free on Indivisible. PS4. Indivisible. Yes, they, they released that to play on PS4, which pushed the Kickstarter over the edge, because people actually got a hold of it and said, wow, this is really good. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like about Indivisible and still don't is that the backgrounds are 3D. Hmm. It, it does not need that. It sticks out like a sore thumb. But... There's so much potential there, and the presentation otherwise was amazing. The character designs were amazing. And basically, like, the way that Zero Lab has treated Skullgirls, I can't wait. Like, I I just have faith in this studio to just keep on doing the right thing again and again and again, because that's all they've ever done. Like, the way they handled Skullgirls was amazing. Skullgirls was a work of love. You could tell that they loved that genre and they loved that game. Yes. And they wanted to treat it and its players right. And once they came out, and they even, like, it even got down to, like, there was a big fight with, uh, I think Capcom published it initially. I could be wrong with that one. Um, no, it was either Cap- no, no, it wasn't Capcom. It was somebody else. That's, it was, Capcom wouldn't touch that. Well, it was, it was one of the... <laughs> It was one of the, uh, I want to say Konami then, but it was absolutely yeah. one of the Japanese publishers who was publishing it. And then there was a problem with it, and they just didn't give up. They got the license for it back. They started self-publishing it. They just kept on releasing patches. They kept on releasing content. Um, Zero Lab have done, or Lab Zero, pardon me, have been a poster child for how you should treat a game post-release. And, yeah, I'm hyped for Indivisible. It I was just... Konami. I oh, verified that it was Konami. Oh, did you hear, it just came out, did you hear when the DLC for Dark Souls 3 is going to come out? When? Fall. They're going to, it's going to be at least pretty big. Who knows? Who knows? Like, I don't know, this fall, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm going to be playing, like, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. But I feel, this is why I will never, ever, ever, ever buy a season pass with no content available. Yep. I feel well, so sorry for anyone that bought that. <laughs> wait a minute, didn't you? Uh, didn't you get Fallout Four Season Pass? I did, but oh, that go. was only because it was like ten bucks off. Still, still, you just and bought a season pass. I did, but that's just because 
those are the best season passes I've ever got for like those two fallouts. Yeah, fair enough. Those are really good season passes. Yeah, I could see that. Okay, fair enough. That, that'll pay for itself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of little indies, um, this week, or little smaller games, this week, finally, Nintendo put a Link to the Past and Super Metroid on Virtual Console for 3DS. But. Now, this is, yes, uh, the but is you can't play it on a normal 3DS. You have to have the new 3DS. Ugh, that's which, petty. Which yep. is essentially Nintendo's version of the PlayStation 4K. Like, it is literally like a more capable 3DS that some things won't work on otherwise. And apparently a 16-bit game from 20 years ago is one of those things. <laughs> but does it blow anyone else's mind that the 3DS has been out for as long as it has, and now it's getting a link to the past? Like, that is the worst handling of your back catalog I can fucking imagine. These people are sitting on a gold mine. Well, that's and it. Comes it. Out now? They're sitting on it. They knew that no matter when they put it out, it's going to sell. So wait till there's a hole in your release list, and then release it. Yeah. I bet there's some guy that works for Nintendo that's paid way too much who said, "Hey, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Don't put those games out until like five or six years into its life. Trust me. Maybe. And it's like, well, that's so counterintuitive. It has to work." <laughs> and they pay that guy way too much. So last week we talked quite a bit about anime, and we mentioned Ghost in the Shell. Well, you talk quite a bit about anime. You know, you know, you, you know, Taka swung, <laughs> Taka swung. He became a man. I'm gonna watch that again and enjoy myself, just to just to, to spurn you. You know, whatever. Maybe maybe it will you know entice Kayla to say, "Hey, show me this anime Chamberlain's been talking about." Because um, I, I got it on my shelf. Anyway. So a uh, a still from the ghost the live action Ghost in the Shell movie was put out this week with Scarlett Johansson as Major Makoto Kusanagi. <laughs> Is and, that her name in the movie? Yeah, I would imagine. Oh, unless they've yeah, apparently they they didn't like with uh, with Akira. They're just completely westernizing it. Like it probably takes place in New York or L.A. or something. What? Wait, what? Yes, that's what's We're happening. We're not gonna get dead slow, Maybe we will. Maybe, maybe it'll be like, Richard! <laughs> Jimmy! <laughs> Alan! Steve! <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Scarlett Steve. Johansson just really looks like, like a white girl in a wig. And she looks yeah. like she does not want to be on that set. <laughs> well, no, she, she kind of looks as distant and bored as she did in um, Under the Skin, which actually was kind of amazing. I need to see that. Oh, it's kind of like as... Okay, to sidebar into movies for a moment. Mm -hmm. Under the Skin uh, is based on a novel, and the novel was very granular about these extraterrestrials and the bureaucracy in which they live and why they're operating on Earth and what they're doing on Earth. Uh, Under the Skin was a movie that seemed kind of like... Um, oh, God. What was, the, what was that Mads Mikkelsen movie where he's basically like a... Um, uh, basically like a barbarian and he goes to the land of the dead almost. Oh. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know exactly what you're talking about and cannot think of the title. Well, it's the, it's the director. Um, it's it's the guy who ended up directing... Um, oh, God. The the the, the, the Driver movie. But it's not yeah, called. Winds Riffin something. Yeah, uh, Winding Riffin. There it is. Yes, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. Okay, um, it's very much like like his movies, where th a lot of this stuff can only work in cinema. Yeah. And Under the Skin was very much a movie that the story that they're telling here could only be in cinema. 
or maybe a play, but it just wouldn't work as well. And um, and it does it, it goes completely off the rails from what the book did, but kind of as an exploration of humanity. I I really liked it. It's really slow moving. It's really thoughtful. It's really compassionate. Yeah, I'm glad we're living in an age where like our big movie stars are also secretly really good character actors too. Some yeah, and like that's kind of. Part of the problem with Johansson is she gets typecast as a certain character, so she plays that character and she does it well. But turns out she's actually really good if you give her something really good to do. But what she she ends up getting is like you know the super sexy assassin character always. That's why I kind of loved Hail Caesar. Didn't see that. Uh, you don't don't worry about it. I will see <laughs> it. If you're no. not in a really big Coen Brothers kick, you can skip it. Yeah, but, you know, name me a bad Coen Brothers movie that's worth never seeing. Uh, Intolerable Cruelty. Okay, I haven't seen it, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Scarlett Johansson as Makoto Kusanagi, displeased. <laughs> it was revealed this week that uh, someone on Twitter, Ash Shahid Ahmad, who used to run um, kind of like strategic content for Sony... Of, of He was the guy who spearheaded getting all the indies on the Vita, which kind of gave the Vita a second life, and making relationships with a bunch of indies. Someone asked him what his favorite pitch of all time was, and he said, no question, it was the pitch for No Man's Sky. The pitch was a link that Sean Murray sent me the week before VGX when No Man's Sky was revealed, and all it was was the trailer that they showed at VGX. Hmm. And I immediately signed the game. <laughs> like, I remember when that VGX happened, I immediately went on Twitter and started bugging Shahid Ahmad to sign the game. So, that's pretty cool. Can you imagine the, how crushed the internet's going to be if No Man's Sky comes out and it's just okay? If it's Spore? Yeah, ooh! ooh. No. no, it's not. Spore just killed me. I don't. Think I was so Spore. sad. I don't like. Spore was a hollow, hollow game. Yeah, but it had you know dick creatures, and here's the thing: No Man's Sky might have dick creatures. You just you just <laughs> have really to get, hard for them. Yeah. You just you just have to explore several trillion planets yeah. until you find the planet of the mushroom people. What really surprised me about No Man's Sky is that. Almost everyone else in like the media started treating it the way we treat games we're excited about. Like it yeah. was on Colbert, it hit like the late night circuit, and Stephen Colbert was so into it. Yeah, but I got Colbert's think a big nerd. He is. He's, he's the best. I got to think that's more to do with the Sony hype machine than Sean Murray and Hello Games. Like yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe you know the Late Show reaches out to game developers and says Stephen is hyped for your game. Please they come really to New York. Don't. That's the only game that's ever been on there. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's that's more um uh, hmm. uh what's his face? Uh what's his face? Uh ah, dark hair. It's Jimmy Fallon. That's more his thing. Yeah. God damn you, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Why are you successful? He's 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 mediocre incarnate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, anyway. No, I'm, uh, I'm not wishing ill will on No Man's Sky. I'm just, I'm just preparing myself to, to be amused by the, the crushed feelings of everyone. Yeah. Like, oh, No Man's Sky, No Man's Sky. Yeah. It comes out. Nothing I've okay. seen amazes me. Other well, than the scale of it, like the minute-to-minute yeah, gameplay the just seems like, okay. Mm-hmm. But the scale of it is what we were first shown, 
that's all I'm expecting, really. Everything else will be gravy. Mm. Um, I'm just worried it's going to be like Mass Effect 1. You know um, what I'm talking about? Are you talking about like landing on planets and that you don't do anything on them? Yeah. And Sean Murray has said, like, that's the case. Like, you are going to land on probably nine planets that have nothing to do on them and are just wastelands. (laughs) And then you'll land on an Eden. And the the actual gameplay itself will be you land on this wasteland planet, you need some fuel to get off the planet. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna go mine? Are oh, you gonna cool. are you gonna like kill what creatures there are here so the cops show up so you can kill the cops and get their stuff so you can fuel your ship? Like I don't know. But that's kind of like the nature of hype for a game, is at this point, a month or two out from its release, what we're looking at No Man's Sky as is a game that could be all these things that we want it to be. It has potential. And then in a couple months, it'll come out and it will just be what it is. And that's all it will be. And there are very few games that you look at them and when you actually play them in the hand, it actually is everything you wanted it and imagined it to be. As in, like, fucking Galaxy or uh, Salt and Sanctuary. Very few games actually live up to the potential that we create for them in our minds. And No Man's Sky is probably no different, but like the Souls series, ain't other no game in town like this. And it's they, got that great... It could, it might as well be a title for an awesome move book. That's a... Love it. Mm-hmm. It's got a real, like, brass ring of the Silver Age kind of a feel to it. Yeah, I saw Anita Sarkeesian uh, retweeted a tweet that said... Uh, it was like on International Women's Day or something. Mm. It was like, so No Man's Sky... So this is a universe populated exclusively by women, correct? Cute. Yeah, it was cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder if the title is just a cynical ploy to get Firefly fans on board. I don't think it's that cynical. I think it's, that would be quite wise. Yeah, I know. But I wonder if, if they thought about it that much. If Firefly fans want a game, they've already got uh, Rebel Galaxy. Yeah, they do. I wonder how um, they afforded that soundtrack. That's, that's some really good deep cut. Well, um, yeah, but but all those artists weren't, like, super famous artists. They were artists that want to get their stuff out there. That's true. Yeah. That's how you do it. Uh, Microsoft announced, they are, pardon me, quote, We are excited to announce that Quantum Break is now the biggest-selling new Microsoft Studios IP this generation. Named Quantum Break. <laughs> no, Well, no. Uh, the original headline that I saw was Quantum Break is now the biggest-selling new IP of the generation. I'm like, no, it sure as fuck ain't. <laughs> it can't be. Because I'm sorry, like, uh, was I want to say Watch Dogs was a ridiculous seller. Yeah, it did really well. It did it's... super well, based on all the hype that Ubisoft did. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, then you click on it, and the actual statement is best-selling Microsoft Studios. Yeah. It's the best-selling new IP to come out of that particular studio this generation. I don't know what how else many... has come out of that studio this generation. Titanfall, maybe. Titanfall. Oh, Titanfall. No, Titanfall was Respawn Entertainment. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. So there's nothing. No, there's probably Killer Instinct doesn't something. count as that because that's not them either. Yeah, and that's technically an, an old uh, IP. Yeah, it's just true. It's not even a new IP. Microsoft uh, Microsoft Game Studio. I'm trying to Microsoft think of other new IP studio. this generation. It just hasn't been a lot of it. Man, over a couple years. Kind of like the avatar of video games. Well, Watch Microsoft. That? Well, Microsoft Studios includes like Lionhead and all that jazz. Oh, um, poor Lionhead. So what we're talking about is three four three Industries, uh, Turn Ten Studios, Lift London, Rare, Mojang, The Coalition. 
non-game development. There's not a whole lot. Yeah, every, every one of those is existing IP. Owned franchises and properties. Wow, there's like 100 games here. What? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at um, Wikipedia for Microsoft Studios. Owned franch- franchises and properties. I could read the whole thing, but it would take a while. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not really broken up by years very well. It's just talking about like shutting down studios and stuff mostly. <laughs> so yeah, Microsoft Remedy having success is not, I have no problem with that. Yeah. And and it's nice yeah, and it's nice to just see that they keep getting work. I am kind of burned that they keep getting work exclusively from Microsoft. Yeah. For me, this is like if Drinkbox like only made smartphone games. Oh. And I'm sorry, Xbox, <laughs> you're not a smartphone. That was low blow. <laughs> a little better than that. Come on now. I always bit. felt like they were trying to hide just how poorly Alan Wake did. That's well, a shame because Alan Wake was good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and um, as long as that studio, my interest in the success of a game is only in as much as it informs that this studio will continue to get to work. Exactly. So I don't give a shit if Alan Wake sold one copy and it was to me. As long as Remedy keeps on making games. Was the DLC any good? Did any play that? Yes. The DLC was a better Alan Wake game than Alan Wake was. Well, damn. It was It was short, it was sharp, it was tight, it was good. Mm. Yeah. I so really like it. It's underwater. been free a couple of times. Hmm? He's still underwater writing? Or did he get out of there? No, it's different now. But In a bad way? No, no, it was, it was fine. You know, like, the storytelling is never what these games are like. I feel like the the Remedy games get you involved in the story in spite of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing in those stories you can actually point to and goes, wow, that was really good writing, wow, that was really good acting. It is never there. It is never good. It is always ham-handed and in-your-face beating you over the... beating you across the nose with, like, ham-handed symbolism. But, fantasy. <laughs> but... <laughs> Despite all that, you end up giving a shit about Alan and his ex-wife or whatever it was. Speaking of that exact situation, Final Fantasy IX is on Steam, and it's doing really well. Yeah. Nine was really good. Yes, I love Nine. It's my favorite. Yeah, I just don't like Square Enix as a rule lately. But that's Square Enix from like 16 years ago. That's not even Square Enix. That was Square, wasn't it? It was Squaresoft, yeah. It was Squaresoft. That's that old, yeah. Damn. Before they bought up Enix. <laughs> what, what did Enix do before Square bought them? Valkyrie Profile. Ooh. I feel like Chance would be a little amiable to that. Did you ever play Valkyrie Profile? Nope. What? Oh. I know, that's, but the thing that's is... Like your game. I know, I, I talk about Indivisible, and, uh, and I'm like, and no one, you know, how do you explain how that works? Well, it works like Valkyrie Profile. I know that's how Valkyrie Profile works, but that's all I know about Valkyrie Profile. It actually told a damn good story. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Well, if it's on PS1. Yeah, it was PS1, yeah. If, if it's on PS1, I could run it on my Vita. But I've been deleting all the PS1 classics off my Vita because I just don't have time for it. <laughs> I've still got Metal Gear Solid on there. I've still got uh, Resident Evil 2 on there. But I'm slowly getting rid of all the RPGs as I <laughs> max out my 64 gig memory card. Hmm. Don't Starve Shipwrecked is uh, was announced as coming to Xbox One and PS4 this spring. Uh, dev comments on the PlayStation blog give me far, far too much hope that there may one day be a Vita version. So it's like Don't Starve 2? Basically, yeah. Um, what they did was they gave... They basically just handed the game to Cappy Games. Uh, Don't Starve was made by Clay. Clay are the god of indie developers, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Oh, you like and Clay? 
a little bit. <laughs> and uh, and they handed it off to Cappy Games. Cappy Games is another uh, is another Canadian studio, but they notably did uh, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery EP, Super Time Force, and they're working on Below for Microsoft. But yeah, again, they're just another Canadian indie, and Canadian indies tend to be the best in the world. I couldn't tell it wasn't done by Clay. Well, has anyone played it yet? Oh yeah, there's uh, there's some like, videos. Yeah, there's and yeah, um, so it it looks really cool. It looks like you're you're sailing around um, on like little rafts and surfboards and shit. One of the characters is a monkey. I uh, I did a post on the PlayStation blog that said, okay, I've seen screenshots that kind of suggest that you can play as a monkey in this game. Please tell me if that's the case, because this is hugely important to me. And the developer got back and said, yes, in fact, you can play as a monkey. This is his name, and you can throw your poop as him. And I'm like, yes. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. Um, let me uh, let me see if I can find this quote. PlayStation blog, don't start. Bullet point on the back. Yes, you can throw your feces. Fling poop. At whomever you like. I wonder what the cooldown is on that. Nope. <laughs> and I hope it's less than six hours. Depends what you had for dinner. Yeah. Is there a Taco Bell? <laughs> okay, so I did I did a five-part comment. Part one is, one, thank you for bringing this to consoles. I'm super hyped for it. Reply, you're welcome. We're really excited to finally make it happen on console. Two, Don't Starve Giant Edition was my game of the year for 2014. I seriously cannot remember the last time I fell so heavily and completely in love with a game to the point that it consumed hundreds of hours of my life. A masterpiece. They reply, that means a lot to hear. You'll probably really enjoy Shipwrecked. It's quite a large expansion, expansion thanks to the collaboration with Cappy. Three, I have seen screenshots that seem to indicate there is a player character who is also a monkey. Please confirm that I can run around tropical beaches as a monkey. This is important to me on a deep and fundamental level. <laughs> Reply, rest easy, Chance. You can be a monkey, he can throw poop, and his name is Wilbur. <laughs> Four. <laughs> Four, I know you've addressed this above, but permit me to add my voice to the chorus. Vita, 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 Vita. You writes back. We are looking at the possibility of maybe finding a way that somehow there could be a chance that one day there might be a world where Don't Starve Shipwrecked is possible on Vita. Investigating. And I go, five, is it just me or do Canadian indies rock major socks? And he writes back, we like to think so, but we're probably biased. <laughs> <laughs> I bet getting that thing to run on a Vita is really hard. Um, there was a, There's a bit of slowdown on Vita when there is a ton going on on screen. And by a ton, I mean like over a hundred AI things are running at once on the same screen. Oh. Well, and that's kind of the player's fault when I put like too many bee boxes in one in one section, and I have like you know my grass growing right next to it, and and there's a herd of beefalo there as well. And I thought I heard something about them actually allowing you to ride the beefalo in a new expansion coming up. They'd have to. One day, one day, you I may ride, ride the, the beefalo, beefalo. Chance. Yes, and when I do, I'm going to take a screenshot of that post I wrote in like 2012 and say, "See, I can do it." And the thing is, when that, when that screenshot came out, it was like a fan-made thing. It wasn't real. 2012? Seriously? Oh, it was a long time ago that Don't wow. Start has been around. Long time. My blog is three years old. We were young then. Yes. We had hopes and dreams. Uh, teaser trailer came out for Titanfall 2 this week. Kind of officially says, yes, this thing is coming to PS4. Also, the Titans have swords now. Does anybody care? Not yeah. really. No. No. But, you know, maybe EA will... I wonder if it's not going to get the push that it saw, that Titanfall 1 saw, just because Microsoft is not pushing it. I think they know they had their shot and they missed it. Well. 
and like like, the, like a, a, a new IP is is a hard thing, man. And we got a lot of new IP shooters coming out in like the next three four months. We got Battleborn, which is now in beta, and everyone's like, eh. yeah. And then we got Overwatch, and then we got Paragon. So there is a lot, and like think about uh, what was that? The one that the Left for Dead crew did that uh, that four on one with a monster thing. Oh, evolve! That's yeah, evolve. shit. Yeah, evolve came out, good. was hyped for months, and then just disappeared. DLC well, came out oh, for a couple months and then it disappeared. Evolve killed itself through the complexity of its DLC. Mm. You couldn't tell what you were buying or for what, and so you, people didn't buy any of it. And then the game itself was just no good. It was ugh. I tried that game. I mean, th- the first time you get to be the alien and you're the big guy running around playing Godzilla, it's fun. But then it just gets stale really fast. Yeah, and it's like that. It's an it's a good idea, or it was it was an interesting idea. But I don't think I would take a little clever idea and build an entire AAA bet my studio game around it. No, I think that's why Lionhead's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that game was terrible. I bet it was fun to play the Dungeon Master once and then never again. Yeah, and it's like why did. Again, and you know, I know it's because some suit from Microsoft showed up at Lionhead, or didn't even fly across the pond, just like, you know, sit on a conference call one day, you know, uh, imbalanced multiplayer is really popular lately, we're seeing it with this new thing evolved, we want you to do something like that with Fable. Um, Sir Fable is a single-player, narrative-driven RPG, we're halfway through development, Please don't tell us you want us to turn this into, like, a fucking MOBA now. Like, no, no, this is where we're seeing a lot of buzz on the internet and the Twitter sphere and Instagram. Uh, we're going to need you to go ahead and do that, please, and I'm going to need you to go ahead and stay late today. <laughs> and we're not going to give you any more money to do it. Yeah. And then the screen went black and white and a mournful violin solo playing. And you just described the death of Phantom Dust again. Thank you for bringing that up. I'm sorry. Man, you know, that that pop-up on Amazon UK. Nah, I don't believe it. Don't believe it. Man, have hope. Have hope, man. No. You know what I still have hope for? That one day Okami will be ported to Vita. Now, that's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen, but I want to believe. And so I do. I choose to believe. Believe in Phantom Dust. Alex Okami. said Beyond Good and Evil 2. You said Beyond Good and Evil 2. He did. I sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. Beyond Good and Evil 2 on the NX. PS4K. Yeah, I know. <laughs> God, no. the NX. Okami was a game that just never gave up. Like, no. it was interesting from beginning to finish. Yep. Like, and and yeah. even when it went, like, it's, it went seemingly crazy at the end, it didn't feel like it had betrayed itself. It felt like... Like you were actually seeing the truth of things. Yeah, it felt it was. A, I still well up at the end where as soon as like getting uh, getting all the people that you met over the course of your journey to believe in you and pray to you, and then it resurrects you as you're fighting the boss. And I'm kind of really listing up now, ending, just thinking yeah. about. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so. What was good. the guy? As soon? Yeah, as soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah, but like the very last level is like I can't remember this artist's name, but it's just a huge homage to his like mountain pieces. It's just like God damn. This game yeah. never gave up. That was Clover, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And Clover's gone now? Yeah. Oh, Clover's uh, been gone for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they did Cl- Mad World, and that was it. Yeah, they, uh, they were a tiny internal studio, but they very quickly realized that they, uh, they didn't want to continue working for Capcom. So they actually left Capcom, I believe, bef- almost before the release of Okami, or whatever came after Okami. 
they left well before everyone thought they did, and they founded a different studio that was not called Platinum. I forget what it was called, but that studio very quickly uh, combined with another studio, and they called themselves Platinum. So all the Clover talent is now at Platinum, and that's why Platinum is fucking amazing. Hmm. Yeah. They shouldn't keep making Korra games. Keep making what? Oh, Korra games. I heard that game kind of sucked. Yeah. But the potential is so rich. They need to try it again. Um, speaking of potential, Drinkbox is severed. Finally has a release date. A dungeon I can't crawler. Make tales of that. That I'm. Are you kidding me? Severed. Like, I watched the video. Is it like VR? What's going on? No, it's on a Vita. Oh. Yeah. So it's, it's like first person. Yes. It's oh, a first okay. person dungeon okay, crawler. Okay. Yeah. Um, that makes heavy use of the touchscreen. Yes. So it's it's strongly designed for smartphones, although I get the impression that it could easily be ported to uh, PS4 with the touchpad as well. Mm. But it's de- like they are definitely targeting tablets post-release. I can like they haven't announced it. Obviously they're going to. Why else would they? Yeah, so it's coming April 26th. Like how many fucking indies does April need? I guess one more. And everything I've seen of that game is just so beautiful and good. And if you watch the, um, uh, the, the preview that they did with kind of funny games, it looks rich and the combat, like you wouldn't think that swipe screen combat is anything interesting or good at all. I sure wouldn't. I was really displeased to hear about this when they first announced the game. But watching that gameplay, it does actually look fun. It looks deep. It looks tactical. It, it looks, looks like nightmares I had when I was like six years old. And, and and not just when you were six, but when you were six and had a really bad fever. Yes. And you were trying to sleep, but you couldn't sleep. And then you thought you slept for a bit, but now you're still awake. And, yeah, it looks amazing. Like it, it nailed that sort of, like, vomit color a lot of my dreams look like. Yeah. <laughs> not in a fun way. Like It's like they knew me on, like, a deep level. I'm like, I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm getting the impression that uh, that if it doesn't sell super well on Vita... <laughs> There's going to be problems. There was word out of, I want to say, the Netherlands this week that uh, Sony is no longer shipping out new Vitas to the Netherlands. So I am officially in the market for a couple of Slims. (laughs) You've already got one extra one and you're safe. Yeah, but it's an OLED, and OLED stands for Organic Light Emitting Diode. The organic part will die out over time, an LCD screen will not. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's sort of like a fancy car. You get two and one for parts. That's right. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> a map rumored to be the uh, map for the as-yet-unannounced sequel to Red Dead Redemption popped up on NeoGAF this week. Now, I didn't think much of it, but today uh, Techland picked it up and said, our own external source has confirmed that this map is real. This is for Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, or whatever the game will be called. And that is a big fucking map. <sighs> I already, I mean, I know this game exists, so it's hard to get excited over a map, but I just want to know when it's going to happen. Is there going to be an E3 release this year? Is it a fall game? Is it a next summer game? When is this game going to exist? Wouldn't it be funny if it was a fall game and you saw the other releases for the fall just kind of scramble a little bit and scatter? uh, Oh, it's coming, get out of the way! I mean, it's been enough time since uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 or 5 to where anything could happen. It could be out end of the summer. Oh... Well, so okay. Happy. So you, you yeah, right? Do you gentlemen have the email up in the notes in front of you right now? Are you looking I do. at the map? I'm, I'm looking I at the map. Do yes. that. Okay. So I'm, do you I'm, see I'm, the the kind of uh, brownie blob in the lower left that says Grand Prairie or Grand Plains? Yes. Uh huh. That is the area where your homestead was in Red Dead Redemption. 
and that green thing on the other side is the town that was near your homestead. Now look at the size of that map. That's a big map. That's a big map. Hope you got a fast horse. <laughs> well, my better question is, is there anything to do? Oh, I the thing is, part of the romance of Red Dead Redemption is riding across a long, lonesome prairie where there's not much to do. Like, I, I, I'm shocked they got that thing to run on a PS3. And it ran be- and it was so beautiful. It, yeah, it was so artful. Best yeah, that's, that's that's when yes, and that's when some of that's when some games kind of do their best stuff artistically, is when they realize the constraints of a system and they do something beautiful within it. <clears throat> Severed. So, <laughs> so yeah, like I'm sorry, like this does hype me. I'm sure whatever Red Dead Redemption Two is, it'll be the next thing from Rockstar. It'll be incredible. Um, unless it turns out that that guy that is now suing Rockstar actually did have a big impact on them putting out decent games. Yeah, that could cripple them. That's I don't what, know that story. What, what's what's going on with that? Uh, G- give me the cliff notes. Internal Alex. politics. Um, um, the guy took a long sabbatical, decided he didn't want to come back, and then decided he was owed like a third of the company. And he kind of is. Um, well, not a... Le- okay, the guy's name is Leslie Benzies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say after the release, or shortly before the release of Grand Theft Auto V, he, quote, went on sabbatical. Now, what actually occurred that he was not at the company for a while seems up to debate, but apparently there were some internal discussions going on about what exactly he is owed in terms of royalties. And he says, I am due some serious royalties. For example, Grand Theft Auto Online made half a billion dollars last year. And apparently I was instrumental in shipping that game. Now, if they try to tell you I'm not instrumental in shipping that game, here's emails from Sam Hauser to me during the production of Red Dead Redemption saying that this game is completely off the rails. I have no idea what we're going to do to fix it. I can't even describe how awful it is. Please, I need you, I need the Benz magic, Leslie Benzies. Come and fix wow. this game. So Leslie Benzies went out. The game shipped within a couple months after he got to work on it. That's now, black magic. Yes, and so Leslie Benzies is now saying that when he returned from sabbatical and tried to get back to work, uh, his his access stuff for the building wouldn't work. He <laughs> called someone. He called someone to let him in. They let him in, and then he was advised by security that you don't work any in here anymore. Get out. Which he was really surprised by because there were still these ongoing discussions about how much he is owed in terms of royalties. And there was an announcement several years ago that basically he was getting um, a share of the royalties that was equal to what uh, each Hauser brother was getting. And it really identified that he is a major contributor to this, um, and therefore this will hopefully encourage him and the Hausers to work as best they can because they do have a legitimate reason to try really hard. They're going to get millions of dollars if these games do really well. Um, and so the Hausers did not like that Leslie Benzies was apparently worth as much as they were. And his um, his viewpoint is that they're trying to muscle him out, and they successfully did that, and so he's suing that. Now, Rockstar is countersuing him, and it's a whole thing, and who knows what the truth is. But in the legal briefs that they put out, there are those emails in there of Sam Hauser saying that, like, Red Dead Redemption is is a mess. I can't do it without you. Please come help. I wonder what was wrong with it. Uh, well, he said the camera. The, what he specifically says is the camera is is wrong all over the place, and I can't even describe it and begin to fix it. <laughs> so apparently the camera was really bad. I am up for him getting $150 million and starting a studio and doing whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, but I, If there's a Leslie Benzies style, I have no idea what that is. Maybe he's just a good manager. 
Either way. He could find real talent to make a decent game. I'm sure he's uh, he's been an executive for so long. I don't know what he could be capable of, but uh, someone's got to whack that uh, rock star pinata and make something different. Something different. Come on, guys. I don't need something different from Rockstar because what they do is the best in the world. Like no one can do an open world game like Rockstar does. It's true. Their their modern stuff is astounding compared. Like I can't think of a any other open world game that approaches what they do. Some people might say Witcher, and I would disagree. Yeah, even I would disagree with that one. And I'm I'm a Witcher defender, although I think Red Dead Redemption is infinitely superior to any of the Grand Theft Auto games. Yes, very much so. Because that world drew me in more than any crime drama, modern crime drama, ever could. There's what, that yeah. romance to the Old West mm-hmm. that nothing else can duplicate. God, when when John when when, when was it John Marston? Marston? John yeah, Marston? John Marston. Marston, yeah, when he got gunned down, man. That's well, you, you know those 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 kind of cliched moments that stick in your head of games that you can think back and that, that those images never go away. Like Pyramid Head raping the mannequins and, oh, and things yeah. like that. Oh, thanks just, for just, that, just, by the way. Yeah, there you go. Sweet dreams. Marston, knowing it's going to go bad and shooting anyway, just that's one of those scenes that's just so good that it'll stick with you forever. And nothing in a GTA game has ever gotten that for me, but in, I've never yeah. finished a GTA game, so no, that maybe is true. it's in there. Yeah, um, Grand Theft Auto Five just kind of stopped. Yeah, and I think is when I think of Marston, I don't th- remember him dying. I don't remember that at all. Really? What I remember okay. is his kid shooting the guy, turning around, holstering the gun. Oh away. yes, that's the moment that I remember. And that's a great re- moment. Yes, yeah. it's so yes. it's so sad, and pointless. Yeah, but it's I don't know. It's like this is the way it was in the old west. <laughs> men were men, and they killed each other because it was the right thing to do. <laughs> Bill Sam Dodge, tough Elliot. ram. We started with Sam Elliott. We're right back there. Okay. I got to pour one out for my favorite uh, comedy group. They decided to call it quits like a week ago after taking like a six-month hiatus. I bring it up because there's a guy in that group that does an amazing Sam Elliott impression. What, but, what was uh, this group's name? Super Ego. Oh. They are the funniest thing I've ever listened to. Is it a I, it's, it's inexplicable. Yeah, it was like sort of like a improv radio play. Oh. Hmm. And the the guest stars they get on there were amazing. Paul F. Tompkins eventually became like a regular cast member. They had uh, Patton Oswalt. They had, oh man, off the top of my head, they had um, who's the lead guy from Rinna Nine One One? Anyway, the guy who played Officer Dangle, he's on there all the time. Hmm. But it's so worth checking out. It's so sad when that happens. I know. Well, they've been going since, like, 2006. It's time. (laughs) But I only only discovered them, like, two years ago. They're so funny. Featured guests, Patton Oswalt, Nico Case. Wow. Oh, Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Jason Sudeikis, John Hodgman, Kristen Schaal, Drew Carey, Greg Proops, Andy Daly, Aaron Hayes, Andy Richter, Colin Hanks, Steve Agee, Gillian Jacobs, Jillian Jacobs, uh, Dan Harmon... Dan Harmon, wow. Hmm. It's fantastic. <laughs> like, you keep that kind of company, you're doing something right. Yeah. One day, one day we will have Dan Harmon. Man, no, I don't we know. We need that gaming people. You listen yeah. to his podcast? No. That dude got divorced and he is bottoming out. 
Oh. Yeah, it's really, really sad. <laughs> He's gotten really drunk and really ranty. <laughs> there but for the grace of God go we. Oh, no. I wish I had two failed shows. Uh, well, I think we're coming to the end of our time here, but out of curiosity, movie guy, are there any awesome movies you've watched lately you should recommend? Not so much movies. I've been watching a lot of TV. I I finally bit the bullet and got like an Amazon uh, Prime thing. Okay. And I looked at this thing called Mad Dogs. Because I'm a huge fan of Sean Ryan. I watched The Shield. Afraid to go back to The Shield, but I liked it when I saw it. He did a show called Terriers, which was a one and done in like 2010, which is the best PI show that's ever been made. It's on Netflix. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's funny as hell. Anyway, they made a show on Amazon called Mad Dogs. That's kind of like The Hangover meets Heart of Darkness. <laughs> it's really dark. Sorry, that's... <laughs> it's ex- that's what it is. It's You take a bunch of just like rich assholes with shitty lives and you put them in the middle of Belize with a crazy best friend who's like become a millionaire running drugs and he gets them back for some sort of like unknown revenge. I'm over halfway through. I don't know what his revenge was, but these... Four middle-aged nobodies just get mixed up in this whole, like, drug-murder triangle thing. And, like, every single episode has, like, the energy of, like, a season finale. And it's... I get why people were giving it, like, sixes and sevens, but I kind of love it. Hmm. Like, it's really well-acted, well-written. It's got one of the best blackmail league characters I've seen in a long time. Okay, there's something I want to talk about. Yeah. Who should be the next James Bond? Idris Elba's too old. He is not! I no, think he's too Alex old. is right. He's too is old. Is it Idris? Idris, yeah. Well, no, um, no. Like, James Bond is as old as you write him. That's true. Yeah, but... But have you seen Luther? The last season of Luther? No, I didn't watch he's, the last season. He's, he's, he's... It's time. No. No. Uh, see... Fuck. Name me another <laughs> modern actor. Like, what James Bond is, he's not an age, he's not... Like, I don't even think he's a fucking gender. What he is, is he is the guy who walks into a room and is the coolest motherfucker in that room. I, I want it to be David Oyelowo. What? Who the fuck is that? He was MLK in Selma, and he was robbed at the Oscars. David L... What? Oh, it's like Oyelowo. Oyelowo? I'm trying to be phonetic. I'm I not think that's really how you say googling it. this well. O y e l o w o. Yeah, he's English. He'd O-Y-E-L-O-W-O. be O-Y-E-L-O-W-O. perfect. But mm. it's gonna be Tom Hiddleston. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, it's gonna be Tom Hiddleston. He was really? really. He was that good in the Night Manager, and it's gonna oh. go to him. Huh. I, I did not see the last Bond movie. I did not see what was that. It's okay. It's like a yeah. expect. A, it's the best Roger Moore Bond ever made. Yeah, it was, it was very that. That's a backhanded compliment. To it honest, is, right? especially for me. Even still, it has some really good moments in it. And one of the best Bond girls. What did you think of Skyfall? Loved it. See, I liked that one a lot. I thought that so was... So good. Javier Bardem. I could watch him do anything, man. Yeah, he got kind of on my nerves, but like, I loved how much they used Judy Dench. They gave her oh, a yeah. hell of a send-off. Yeah, but... I don't know, like, I, I think this whole most... Okay, the thing is, I do love the most recent series more than I think I've loved any Bond series. Absolutely. But, aside from Casino Royale, they all really felt like style over substance, and it felt like 
there was a there was a beginning of substance when this script first got written and by the end of it there was like a car crash and there are pieces of substance here there and everywhere but they don't really add up to anything actually meaningful i recommend putting aside a whole evening and do a double feature of casino royale and quantum of solace it's much better when you watch it just as an extension of casino royale it's i i completely turned around on it i actually kind of like quantum of solace it did have the redhead oh yeah but no, like it's really well connected. Like they make really subtle digs that you can only really catch if you watch them back to back. I uh, I watched that Hitman Agent Forty Seven this week. I'm sorry. Do you? Well, here's the thing. Did you watch the one with uh, what's his name? The guy Justified. Was, yeah, the Justified. No. Okay. How was that? With this one, Agent Forty Seven is way better. Is it? Yes, I mean, it's it's obviously not a movie that I'm like, oh, guys, the next big action movie that you need to see is not The Raid 2, it's Hitman Agent 47. <laughs> I need it's, to see The Raid 2. Right. Oh, it's, it, okay, how to put The Raid I heard here. about the baseball scene, oh my god, I want to see it. Okay, so, uh, anyway, Hitman 47 is, Agent 47 is probably, I would put it at the third best video game to movie adaptation behind um, Doom and Silent Hill. Was this... Was there a good Silent Hill movie? The first one... Okay, no. There has never been a really good video game to movie adaptation. Yeah. I like to think Wreck-It Ralph tried hard enough. That was not based on a video game. That is that was, true. That was a movie about video games. It was not That's an av- adaptation. Anyway, so it's it's n- certainly not a great movie, but it really got why... It, it it pulled more from the game than anything else and did it well and did it correctly. Okay. Like him him walking around and zipping into different outfits and just being something that was absolutely terrifying and coming for you. It was fantastic. And then, did you they... know, it turns around and makes him a real character and he has motivation and blah, blah, oh. blah. We don't care. But... Uh, <laughs> did they capture the reconnaissance? Um, No. Well, to be fair, that'd be really hard to do. Yeah, no, like, he already knows everything he needs to know going into a situation. Um, And actually, they they put it into the movie that there's some sort of genetic engineering going on so that they, uh, uh, one of the people who've gone through the same conditioning that he has is essentially psychic and knows which way to turn down a hallway when she's never been down that hallway before or shit like that. Anyway, The Raid 2 is fantastic. Do you Okay, so you watch The Raid, I assume. Oh, yeah. Okay, I saw The Raid the first time in theaters, and that scene at the end where the two brothers are fighting the one crazy guy, and it is like a literally a 10-minute fight scene that ends with like pieces of like light bulbs sticking out of people. <laughs> and when it was finally clear in the theater that this scene was over, he was not getting up again, you could hear the entire theater go, oh. <laughs> like you just let that tension out. In The Raid 2, that happens twice. <laughs> nice. There's two of those. But it's all, it feels like it's three hours long. Oh. It is like a crime epic. And so there's a lot of story there. There's perhaps too much. But um, the combat is still as balls to the walls. Fucking crazy. They do a lot more kind of big set pieces. They do like ch- like chase scenes and cars that are just crazy and amazing. Uh, but there's almost too much story holding it up and holding it together. That's what I heard. Yes, but when those moments happen, they are still definitive. They are still like, this is some of the craziest fucking shit I have ever seen. And oh, they're not using wires. Anybody going to see Ratchet and Clank? No. Yeah, I, what I've seen is not heartening. 
What have you seen? A couple clips they have online. And if that's the foot they're putting forward, oof. Oh, boy. How's Drek? How's the new, how's um, the new Drek? Uh, I didn't get that far. Because I really love the first Drek. No, for for me, the villains of uh, Ratchet and Clank begin to end with Dr. Nefarious. I can't stand him. I can't stand what they've done to him. Mm. He he's, oh, orga- no. he's organic in this. Oh. What? He's not a oh. robot. He's organic. Oh, because they have to work sense. in Quark pushing him into the... Okay. Oh, did you just spoil what happened to Dr. Nefarious for me? Did you not play Up Your Arsenal? Up Your Arsenal, I did. Was he... That's was he? Was, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Man, you that spoiled something that I saw a decade ago. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Time hey, in Final spoiler. Fantasy VII, uh, you know, What's-Her-Face dies. No. I know Tifa <laughs> dies. <laughs> I was talking about Cloud in a dress. What are you talking about? Yeah. Tifa dies? What? She can punch her way out of anything. Yeah. <laughs> her fantastic oh, Don't mid-birth. forget, there's also a Sly Cooper movie, maybe. Oh, God. Uh, well, here's no, the thing. Uh, no. If we get... If that if this Ratchet & Clank movie does well, more importantly, the Ratchet & Clank game does well, maybe they will put a lot into that Sly Cooper movie, and then maybe Insomniac will actually make a full-fledged, full-reboot Ratchet & or Sly Cooper for PS4 with, like, real fur in the wind and shit. <laughs> oh, my God! I just that, had a little fangasm. That does deserve to come back. It really does. Well, that last one shouldn't count. Mm-mm. It does not. No one counts it. Nope. Nope. That's like that's like <laughs> fucking Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Didn't happen. I don't know what movie that is. Me neither. Yeah. Never heard of it. Never seen it. What? Mm. Doesn't exist. There's nothing to do with ants or anything. But it's getting a <laughs> sequel, apparently. Oh, God. With everyone's favorite grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of way too old, what the hell are they thinking? Another Indiana Jones with them and uh-huh. Well, you know what? I'd I'd rather him than the, the kid from Holes again. Oh, well, he's, he's done. Yeah, he's seriously, just so done. Maybe they're not. Maybe Hollywood is thinking like, well, the internet is still talking about him. Apparently, he's wearing a bag on his head in like Paris or something. We oh, gotta get this like kid in a picture. Years ago, like he's he's ah oh, he's. I had like three different nervous breakdowns. Yeah. One of which, one of which I think was faked. At least one was faked. <laughs> the kid's got to be on drugs. Nah, not drugs. I just think like he just has a serious egomaniacal issues that he cannot work out because he was a child star. Maybe was he really that big of a star as a child? Uh, he was on the. He was like one of Disney's favorites, and oh. that shit goes to your head. Yeah, like that. Alice or Amanda Bynes girl. Speaking of. Why would happen to her? She I mean, just cra- like she, she was just... super crazy. Mm-hmm. Like she had legit, I think, like complications from overdose problems. Like she's no. needs to be institutionalized. She was what for I've a read, while. From what I've read, she spun out. I'm, I was honestly really concerned. Um, like I, I didn't uh, when she was on the air. I didn't mind whatever show she was in because it was pretty low, low bar show. Yeah. And I remember not minding it. You know what? She's kind of cute. Okay, fine. And then Kayla brings over... We're going to have a movie day with Kayla, and she brings over some Amanda Bynes movie. She's all that? I think it might have been. My sister loves that movie. (laughs) And I was so blown away 
by what a bad actor she is. Yeah. Like, I never <laughs> noticed in all that Disney shit she did as a kid, and I'm thinking maybe it's just because that whole show was shit. She didn't seem that bad. But now that you put her in something that's halfway decent with a halfway decent supporting cast, wow, it stands out. She really sucks. If she can't <laughs> mug, she can't act. No, she, she really can't. <laughs> but uh, speaking of cool stuff, or the stuff that Disney has done with female characters... The ringtone on my phone has forever been uh, the Kodak call from Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> and then one day, Kayla, um, or I'm hanging out with Kayla, and I send Kayla a text or something, and her phone goes off, and I ask her, where did you get that notification sound? And she, she sends it to me. And ever since then, my notification sound has been this. Well, I feel like something's possible. I'm not sure there if you it's go. Kim. That it is. might be Kim. <laughs> I love that. I still think it's so cool every time it goes off. But I didn't even watch that show all that much. It was a good show, but it's after a while you sort of realize this is a show made for girls by men, and there's something a little off. I don't know. I guess like I was watching it when I was younger. But my sisters well, loved it. That's kind of the whole thing with like Disney and any modern pop star, though, is like, let's hear a 14-year-old sing what a 45-year-old man thinks that 15-year-olds want to hear a 14-year-old singing about. What's that about Kesha? What? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, burn. About Kesha? Never mind. I feel like we just... Uh, did I get burned? What happened? No, 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 no. Um, Kesha. Yeah. Oh, Kesha. Thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was a sick burn there. <laughs> Man. All right, now, we, we, have, we have wandered now to talking about pop stars and Kesha. I think it's time to call it a night. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Go home, podcast. You're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> or should be. One of the two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like we said, the, the podcast is 18 now. It can vote. It can, it can get drafted. Drink. It can't. Well, it can drink in Don't Canada. Don't you dare try to run a car. <laughs> it can make horrible musical choices. Yeah. Oh, and has. And will continue to do so. All right. Alex, thank you very much for joining My us pleasure. again. Keeping us on the straight and narrow. Maybe. No, no, no. Nice front soldier. Yeah. <laughs> Chance, thanks for talking. My pleasure. I will see everybody in a week. You're walking in the woods. There's no one around and your phone is dead. Out of the corner of your eye, you spot him. Shia LaBeouf. He's following you, about 30 feet back. He gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. He's gaining on you. Shia LaBeouf. You're looking for your car, but you're all turned around. He's almost upon you now, and you can see there's blood on his face. My God, there's blood everywhere! Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf. He's brandishing a knife, it's Shia LaBeouf. Lurking in the shadows. Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf. Living in the woods, Shia LaBeouf. Killing for sport, Shia LaBeouf. Eating all the bodies. Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Now it's dark, and you seem to have lost him, but you're hopelessly lost yourself, stranded with a murderer. You creep silently through the underbrush. Aha! In the distance, a small cottage with a light on. Hope! You move stealthily toward it, but your leg! Ah! It's caught in a bear trap! Climb up your leg! Quiet, quiet. Let me to the cottage.